Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding national liberal arts college. And we try to get that done in about 18 minutes and 53 seconds. In this sixth edition of the 1853 podcast of the 2019-20 school year, we'll take a crash course in Impeachment 101 with political science professor Andre Audet. It's family weekend this weekend on campus, and Associate Dean of Students Karen Orgazalik will give us a preview. We'll also meet this year's student body president and vice president Maggie Bruckner and Jasmine Howlett They'll tell us about my story, which will be held this Friday night during Family Weekend. The term impeachment has been all over the news this week, on the front page of websites and at the top of searches. As Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, and President Donald Trump prepare for what could be the third impeachment of a U.S. president, Understanding the process is just as important as the charges surrounding it. Monmouth political science professor Andre Audet reminds us that as of late September, there's still quite a long way to go in the process. So we're still in the very early stages. Uh, You might consider this the fact-finding portion of the impeachment process. Um, So Speaker Pelosi has instructed various committees in the House of Representatives to determine whether impeachment should proceed, what charges um, could or should be brought against President Donald Trump. Um, And so once that makes its way through the various committees, um, if they were to find something impeachable, uh, then the House would proceed with impeachment proceedings at that point and begin the formal. And as Andre says, impeaching a U.S. president is but one step in the process of removing him from office. Um, So a lot of people conflate impeachment with removal from office. Impeachment actually just means that uh, the House of Representatives has found that there is enough evidence uh, that a president or other elected official uh, or civil official should um, continue through the process and see whether they should be removed from office. Um, So it's just bringing charges against against a president or other civil official, um, not their actual removal from office. Then after the House completes its work, the U.S. Senate takes up its constitutional duties. So after impeachment in the House of Representatives, that requires a simple majority vote in in the House, um, and then it would move on to the United States Senate. And the Senate is charged with trying impeachment, um, so they have an actual trial. Um, And in the case of a sitting U.S. President, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, Chief Justice John Roberts, would preside over that trial. Um, It would look just like any other trial you'd have lawyers, you'd have people um, bringing evidence, you have cross-examination of witnesses um, and other people involved in that process. Um, And then the Senate is required to uh, take account of all the evidence and determine um, if the official should be removed from office. That requires a two-thirds vote in the United States Senate, um, and so they can remove the president or other official from office. Um, And after that, they can also vote, and it requires 
there's a majority vote as to whether that person is ever eligible to hold uh, public office again in the future. Andre says the authors of the U.S. Constitution included impeachment in the federal document because of several reasons, including the British influences on their writings. So impeachment actually goes back to the British Constitution. They had um, the option to impeach officials um, other than the British king. Um, And so I think the framers of the Constitution saw it and recognized its utility that that no public official really is above the law and that if they're doing damage to the country, they should be... um, you know, have the evidence weighed and considered for removal from office. Um, And they did explicitly note, and they placed impeachment in Article 2, which is the article of the Constitution dealing with the presidency. So unlike the British system, they did suggest that presidents could be impeached and removed from office. Um, So I think this was just a protection against tyranny, a protection against any public official that might be doing damage to the country. Andre notes that the decision to impeach is often intertwined and influenced by politics. Well, I think um, my number one takeaway about impeachment is that it's always a supremely political act. Um, It's always made with uh, political considerations, and some of that has to do with an effective government. Um, So there were a lot of debates among the framers of the Constitution as to whether someone should be able to be impeached simply for um, doing a bad job. Um, Should they be impeached because people didn't like them? And eventually the wording that was put into place uh, by James Madison and the other framers was... um, that a a president or other official could be removed for treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. And what that term means is very vague. But I think the framers suggested that it should be something serious. Um, If we're going to engage in this very political act, that it should be a serious offense that would cause someone to be impeached and or... And although only two U.S. presidents have been impeached... Andre points out that threats to impeach the nation's chief executive date back to the republic's founding. Ways. In some ways, impeachment is common. Um, just about every U.S. president has had calls for their impeachment, including George Washington. Um, so all presidents uh, have to deal with this in some way. Um, and there have been efforts to impeach a number of presidents. In fact, um, in recent times, um, Every president dating back to Ronald Reagan has had some sort of formal effort to try. Only three presidents uh, have faced any sort of impeachment proceedings, Andrew Johnson, uh, Richard Nixon, and Bill Clinton. Only two have been impeached by the House of Representatives, Andrew Johnson and Bill Clinton. Andrew Johnson survived a removal from office by a single vote, um, so he just held on there by a string. And then um, in more recent times, President Bill Clinton um, also survived removal from office. So um, it seems likely that had Richard Nixon gone through the formal impeachment proceedings that he may have faced removal from office, um, but did resign before that uh, proceedings could take place. That's political science professor Andre Audette discussing some of the basics of impeachment. You can read more about his thoughts on the topic in the news section of the Monmouth College website, and that address is monmouthcollege.edu news. This is the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Special performances, a concert, an event celebrating the human spirit, and a sprint through the history of Scottish literature will highlight 
this year's Monmouth College Family Weekend. Monmouth College will celebrate its annual Family Weekend this September 27 through the 29. The three-day event allows students to share the Monmouth experience with their family members. Associate Dean of Students Karen Orgazalik says it will be a very full and fun weekend. Uh, Family Weekend is a is a co-sponsored event from the Office of Campus Events and ASAP, which is the Association for Student Activity Programming. Um, they do all the fun and exciting things that are happening. We also have some academic uh, sponsored events uh, with the Great Lecture Series and supporting your student success for first-year students. Um, it's, a, it's a packed weekend. Um, we are anticipating a lot of family members coming back. Um, as of last week, we had more students and their families registered than we have in the past year. So we're very excited about um, everybody coming back to campus this weekend. Karen says that everything will get underway for Family Weekend on Friday night. We have some families that do come in on Friday. Our, our uh, event that evening is a comedian juggler, Marcus Monroe, which will be in the Wells Theater at 7 p.m. Um, and all of these events, uh, all of the activity events are free. Um, there's a minimal charge for the meals. Um, ASAP will co-sponsor, is sponsoring that event. And then immediately following that in Wells Theater, unfortunately because of the rain, the My Story event has been moved into the Wells Theater. So there'll be a little bit of break and then the My Story event will happen, which is sponsored by Associated um, Students of Monmouth College, our student government. Then the activities really pick up on Saturday and spill into Sunday morning. On Saturday morning, uh, that is a general day that most of our parents come in, our parents and families come in. Um, a lot of things start uh, rolling around 10, 11 o'clock. At 10 o'clock, we have the uh, Legacy Brunch. Um, it's the 18th annual. Um, so if your student is a Legacy, uh, which you or members of your family came to school, you've been invited to that. Uh, then at 11 o'clock, there are a number of events. The Great Lecture Series at uh, the Hughes Library in the Electronic Classroom, which will be featuring um, Dr. Mark Wilhart this morning. And then at 11 o'clock, we also roll into the ASAP events, which um, we hope will still be happening on the quad. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the weather may not be cooperating with us, and if so, then it will be moved into the Huff Fieldhouse. Um, but at that event, we'll have a trick dog show, which was highly popular last year. Everybody wanted us to bring that back this year. And of course, we always have the inflatable games. Um, this year, we, we will also have the balloon artists, some face painting, um, family photos. People wanted to take um, pictures with that. And then we have the cookout, which also happens at that time, um, which all sorts of carnival food, um, which, by the way, if we move inside, the carnival food will go to the concourse of the field house, and the cafeteria will be hosting our cookout. Uh, but let me go back at 11 o'clock is the supporting your student success, which there'll be seven stops for parents to interact with uh, faculty and staff and mentors who are working with the Introduction to Liberal Arts courses and the students that are there. So parents get an opportunity to be more involved in the transition and understand what's going on with the transition um, in, in ILA to and then into Monmouth College. 
Um, then, of course, is the football game. Um, our Fighting Scots will take on St. Norbert College at the April Zorn Memorial Stadium at 1. Then there's a little bit of a break after the game. Um, Phi Delta Theta, one of our fraternities, is holding one of their philanthropies, an ice, buck cha- ice bucket challenge at 4 p.m. on the Dunlop Terrace. So um, please stop by over that one as well. And then um, we have the Family Weekend Concert, which is sponsored by the music department. So there's a little uh, performance uh, by each one of the uh, music ensembles. And then at 9 o'clock, ASAP's main event is Antonina and David, which is a mentalist duo. Um, and that will begin at 9 p.m. And both of those last two events are in the, the chapel. And then on Sunday, we have the buffet brunch in the cafeteria. Uh, it starts at 9.30. Um, there's a chocolate fountain and all sorts of delicious things that you can have. Karen says there are a number of reasons to like Family Weekend. Because I think it's a great opportunity for the new parents to come back Um, In most cases, the students have not been back home yet, Um, although I'm sure they're still communicating with their parents, they haven't seen them. And it's a great time to come back. If men or women have joined a a fraternity or sorority, they get to meet their new family on on campus. Um, They get an opportunity to meet up with faculty members or staff members or other friends that they've connected with, and they get to... um, they get to share the pride that they have in where they are and what they've done and they're on their own. Um, I know as a parent that was very exciting for me to see my son who had um, who was able to be okay away from home and so it's it's a it's a great great chance to see that. Um, we have a lot of first year families who come back but it's always great to see those those repeat parents so we have uh, representation from all the classes and it's uh, sometimes I don't get to see those families except at family weekend so it's great to reconnect with them when they come back to campus too. That's Associate Dean of Students Karen Orgazalik previewing a packed family weekend which is this weekend. It's September 27 through 29 on campus. To read more about it check out the Monmouth College website and that address is monmouthcollege.edu. You're listening to the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Maggie Bruckner is a public relations senior from Aurora, Illinois, who is serving her second term as president of the Monmouth Student Body, known as the Associated Students of Monmouth College, or ASMC. Along with her vice president, Jasmine Howlett, who's a sociology anthropology senior from Chicago, the Associated Students of Monmouth College will stage My Story Part 2 on Friday, September 28th. The event will be held in the Wells Theater beginning at 8.30 in the evening. In its second year, My Story is an event in which students discuss their trials, tribulations, and triumphs with the campus community. Maggie says, it's a very poignant event. And we wanted to show, uh, give students an opportunity to 
share their stories so that students in the audience or faculty and staff can understand that everyone is going through something different and that everyone is carrying a story and you never really know what somebody's going through until you ask um, or until you hear their story and that you're not ever alone. Um, and so we're doing the same thing this year. We have six different students again, um, all from different backgrounds, origins, nationality, sexuality, everything. Um, and just really sharing their story um, and sharing what they want people to take away. Maggie says that MySpace originated in response to a student need on campus. Uh, so this was created in light of a, an issue last year on campus. Um, racial tensions were very high and so my previous vice president, Jaron Stewart, and I were called upon to uh, create some type of event or program that would call action um, as a result of said situation. Um, and Jaron actually came up with the name of the event and the idea, and then we just kind of created this the event together um, along with the team, and that's how it came into fruition today. Um, and it was great. We had over 200 people there last year, and we thought it, <laughs> like, it was just a really great event. Um, it was amazing. It touched a lot of people. It moved a lot of people. It was very, very cold. Um, but I feel like it, that really was the least of our problems because it was such a humbling experience and environment, um, I think, for everybody who attended and for people who didn't, they heard about it. And there was no complaints, no negativity surrounding the event. Um, it was just overall a really awesome, awesome thing that our team pulled off last year and that we're going to do again this year. This will be Jasmine Howlett's first My Story event because she was studying abroad in Tanzania during the inaugural staging last fall. Jasmine says she's looking forward to attending her first My Story event. Um, when talking to students who attended the My Story event last year, a lot of them were saying that it was a very emotional event and that they had no idea about some of the things that the, their peers had gone through on campus. And it really was just an eye-opening event for them to see that a lot of the things that they have gone through that other students on campus have also went through. And so they felt really connected and they they really enjoyed it besides it being cold. They said that it was a very touching event and afterwards when they got together on Dunlap Terrace that they said that that was a good follow up and that they enjoyed that they can have that touching and sincere moment and then turn around and celebrate with each other. And so I really heard a lot of good reviews from faculty as well. A lot of faculty were there and they said that it was just really interesting to be there and support the students and like sharing that moment with them and that they thought it was a good thing that they could come together and be on campus with students at an event like that. Maggie says that a big reason my story was successful in its inaugural year was because it's a student-driven and a student-led event. I believe it was successful because it was not only student-driven, um, but it was something that the school has never done. And we tend to do a lot of the same kind of events. Um, and this was completely different. Nobody's ever done it. Nobody's ever heard of anybody in our history doing it. And the fact that for the first time it being done, it was for students um, and by created by students. I think that that's also why it was really successful. Um, I think that's why more students came out because they thought it was more, oh, okay, like I see students putting this on. This is more of like, oh, okay, I can 
because I see a little bit of myself and the people who created it. And then for faculty and staff, I think they came out because it was their students speaking and their students creating it. And so I do believe that played a really large part in it being successful as well. That's Mama's student body president, Maggie Bruckner. You also heard from her vice president, Jasmine Hallett. They were discussing the second annual My Story event, which will be staged at 8.30 in the evening this Friday, September 28th in Wells Theater. It's a great student-centered and student-led event that brings the campus together. Before we wrap up this week's podcast, a reminder to follow all of Monmouth College Athletics on Twitter, which you can do at MC Fighting Scots. And for all of Monmouth College's social media accounts, check out the bottom of the homepage of the Monmouth College website, and that address is monmouthcollege.edu. And that's going to be a 30 for this sixth edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast of the 2019-20 school year. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody, and have a nice day.